When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Time. It's time to hit the ice, Penguin fans. Chris Mack has you covered with all the news and notes surrounding, surrounding your Penguin. Only on 5th Avenue Faceoff. Welcome back on your Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. This is 5th Avenue Faceoff. Chris Mack of the Fan Morning Show here with you. You can also get us on iTunes. Uh, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, we're available. Be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and of course, download and listen. Wes Crosby joins us now from NHL.com. Wes, thanks for taking the time. How you doing, man? Pretty good. How about yourself, Chris? Great, great. Uh, especially considering, you know, when I set the benchmark for this team, the Penguins coming out of the break, I said, hey, they get six points in those four games out of the break. The, the one against Colorado at home and then the three out West. I'll feel pretty satisfied that this team is starting to point things in the right direction. Despite setting that benchmark, they they achieved that goal, yet I still don't feel like they've necessarily pointed things in exactly the right direction. It feels like Columbus has set off for India and has instead found Haiti, and now uh, he thinks he's succeeding, maybe? I don't know. Do you think this team is... Do you, do you think this team is finding something or is this just a matter of stacking up wins against lower quality opponents like Anaheim and San Jose? I think that it's more of the latter. Uh, I do think that's important though. I think that you have to take care of business against the teams that you're supposed to take care of business against. But when you look back on that game against Colorado, I thought that that was a real litmus test for me to see how that team was going to perform. They come out um, and they get a result. But when you look at it and the way that that game was played, um, I think that clearly the better team were the Colorado Avalanche. It just so happened that they weren't able to get another goal. Um, and sometimes that's going to happen and and you come out with a result and you run with it. I think that for the most part, when Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin and the like are playing the way that they've been playing all year, quite frankly, they're uh, 35 and 36 years old and they're playing like they're 30. Um then yeah, you're going to have a chance to beat anybody. Uh, But the problem is, is that you can't count on those guys producing every single night. Uh, Recently you have, you know, had a a goal from Jeff Carter. Uh, You got two the other night from P.O. Joseph, I believe on Friday or whatever. But those types of things are so few and far between that I just don't see a recipe success moving forward when you do go up against the likes of a Boston Bruins or someone like that that can roll four lines. You can't match up well against them because there's going to be a night where Sid doesn't get two points. Gino doesn't get two points. Right. And what happens when that's the case? So do you think these are the kind of problems, like when you frame it and when you put it in that framework, Wes, and I, I, I agree with you, it sounds like the kind of problem that can be fixed by a trade deadline deal. Are you sure that that's the case? I mean, because I wonder, for example, you can go out and, and acquire a third line center. You can go out and get, you know, whoever you want to, whoever's name you want to throw out, Max Domi, Ryan O'Reilly, Nick Benino, any of them and say, hey, we've got ourselves a depth center who can eat up some minutes 
as opposed to Jeff Carter, who can move to the wing now and maybe even become expendable if he doesn't get moved out his salary in order to make room for that new guy. Do you think that's enough to give, to, to give them the consistency, help them find the consistency in their game that they still haven't been able to find? I personally don't think that they're one guy away. Yeah, I think that they're at least a couple away. And that's just me being realistic. I actually really like the idea of adding a Max Domi. I know that um, in his mailbag, Dan Rosen of NHL.com mm-hmm. in late December uh, pointed out that that might be a good addition for the Penguins. He's gone cold lately, but I still think that would be a really nice add to the bottom six. But even adding him in, you still need the Jeff Carters of the world who they're not going to sit. You need the Teddy Blugers of the world. You need those types of guys to pick it back up when I'm not sure. Like Teddy Bluger, I think is still capable of that. Mm -hmm. Uh, No disrespect to Jeff Carter. He's been a great player in this league. I think that just at a certain point in time, maybe father time just comes for everybody. And that might've just happened to him. He looked so incredible after uh, acquiring him that I think it was unrealistic to expect that moving forward for him. And that's just the case now, but you're not going to, he's not going to be a guy that they're going to put up in the press box with us. Um, and so I think that they're probably a few pieces away and with the cap situation being the way that it is, they have to be so creative in order to make multiple moves in order to, you know, actually have this team compete at the level that you would want them to be. Because at this point, who knows how long you have Sidney Crosby, who knows how long you have Evgeny Malkin, who knows how long you have Chris Letang, those guys want to win another Stanley cup. At least the fans want them to win another Stanley cup. And it's the same way that, you know, I'm sure Steeler fans were in the last few years of Ben Roethlisberger. All that matters is competing for a Lombardi trophy, right? That's all that right. matters. Um, and these guys, actually, you look at it now, and they're in a pretty decent spot when it comes to the playoff standings. Because, yeah, I mean, they only have a two-point lead on a couple teams, but they have at least a few games in hand on all those teams when you really look at it. So the playoff streak is likely going to continue, but it might coincide with a streak of losing in the first round uh, continuing as well. What do you make of, because you mentioned the games they have in hand, and I think it's a, a very important point to make, you know, but there's also the question of a lot. That means a lot of games to play, right? And so right. six and 10 over the next week and a half, for example, starting with the Friday game out on Long Island. And as poorly as they've played on the second half of back-to-backs, is that necessarily a good thing for this team, the games in hand? if they don't actually make anything of them and, and this, you look at the second half of the back-to-backs over the next week and a half, it's catching the devils on the second half of a back-to-back after you've had to fly back home, catching Tampa on the second half of a back-to-back after you've had to fly back home. Do you think they can make the most of these opportunities with the games in hand? Well, that's a, that's an important uh, kind of delineation between the two. They have to, um, because otherwise it's just mathematics. You could right. sit there and say, Oh yeah, they have, you know, they have the chance to you know gain points as you go along but those points aren't gained yet and when you look at the islanders specifically they play them i think three times between now and like march 9th something Mm -hmm. like that those are three big games you're gonna have more divisional games um you know i I really thought that the sabers were really coming along they kind of slipped back a little bit but a young team like that maybe they get it back going again so it's still going to be it's going to be a tough about two months that the Penguins still have to keep going and, you know, knock on wood for, for the Penguins, but they've done all of this without any significant injury to a Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin. That has not been the case in recent years. They've survived significant injuries to both of those guys in recent years. And that's why everyone would be talking about 
potential coach of the year for Mike Sullivan in years past. This year, they're kind of in a similar spot have, as they've been in recent seasons, but it's with Sid and Gino really driving the boat the entire time. Now, when those guys are out, typically they, they tend to play a really controlled, disciplined game and still somehow end up getting points the same way that they would if those big two were in. They just play a different style of hockey. But who knows what will happen with those two. You would like to think that, you know, that, that nothing will happen to them, but you can't bank on that. There has been more health here, uh, despite some bumps on the on the blue line recently, than there has been in, in years past, and yet they're still kind of waiting at the bottom of, you know, the Eastern Conference playoff picture. You know, you make a great point about that, and uh, there are a ton of Metro games in the offing. You mentioned the ones against the Islanders. We know how physical these games can get. A couple against Philly. They've got a, a week span about a month from now, uh, right around St. Patrick's Day, leading into St. Patrick's Day, where they've got three games in seven or eight days against the Rangers. It'll probably go a long way to deciding whether there's still a wild card come playoff time or are able to work their way up into the second or third spot of the Metro standings. Uh, I, no one wishes injury on anybody. Let's be real clear about that. But you're yeah. right. They find something different when when they're without some of those key pieces. They play a more responsible brand of hockey. Um, let me ask you this, Wes. Wes Crosby with us here on Fifth Avenue Faceoff at other NHL Crosby on Twitter. Does a great job of covering the pens. Talent-wise, if a trip to, let's say, fans would be satisfied with a trip to the Eastern Conference Finals. I think that would make a lot of people feel better. Uh, about where they're at in the waning years of the Crosby, Malkin, Latang era. Let's use a baseball analogy. Are they maybe a bloop base hit to right center away from being there? Or are they a 450-foot, three-run O'Neill Cruz home run into the river away? In other words, do they need to take a big swing at the trade deadline? Should they be looking at ways to somehow uh, foist that first-round pick off on somebody? I know Ron Hextel would dread doing it foist some more salary off on somebody and take a swing. Is it possible to take a swing on a, uh, a Timo Meyer or someone near the top of the trade charts that we're talking about, or do they need to be more realistic and say, Hey, let's get our third line center. Maybe they take a swing somewhere else and let's, let's, let's be more rational and reasonable about our approach to the deadline. I think probably more reasonable um, just because one while I said everything that I said, it sounds like I'm very negative on the Pittsburgh Penguins, but no, it sounds really, it sounds is, like realism. It, I'll be honest. Yeah. yeah. The, the, the fact of the matter is, is that you still have a Sidney Crosby that I think is quite frankly, not as respected as he probably should be nationally at this point in his career. And it's just because new guys come along, it's in vogue. I mean, you see what Connor McDavid's doing and it's just incredible. Obviously you're going to say, you know, that guy's the best player in the world. And I'm not saying that's it is now, but some act as if he's fallen, you know, like he looks old and he doesn't, mm -hmm. like I said, he looks like he's 30. He plays like he's 30. The, that guy is the Tom Brady of yeah. the NHL. He can keep going as long as he wants to barring again, knock on wood, any, any sort of significant injury. I think Evgeny Malkin quite frankly, looks a lot better than I thought he would look. He's a point per game player again. Uh, I think that was really smart bringing him back. I thought that was the best, move that they could have made uh, at that price. And so I think that your top six is mostly good. Like, I think they have a really solid top six. I think that Brian Rust, he's up and down. But when you look at, specifically when they have Ricard Raquel on that top line, it's great. 
Um, I think that Jake Gensel has started to come along with the shot again. He had a lot of goals earlier in the year, but when you look at it, it's a lot of empty netters. Mm-hmm. So you take that for what it is. I mean, it means you're winning hockey games if someone's, you know, scoring empty netters. Right. So that's good. But for Jake Gensel, he wants to score legitimate goalie in, in the net goals. Uh, but for the most part, that top six is, is solid. I think you do need more depth when you look at when they won the cup in 16 and 17, specifically that HBK line. I thought the first time around that might've been their best line. That third line might've been their best line. I still think that Phil Kessel was deserving of a Conn Smythe trophy. That's just me. Um, and so I don't think you need that. I don't think you need your third line to be your best line, but it, it needs to be something that you can throw out there and, and get some sort of consistency in when it comes to offensive production. So I don't think that you need to swing for the fences. I also don't necessarily think that they're a bloop single away. I'm maybe like a nice timely double, like, there you know, it scores a couple runs when you really need it, something like that. I don't think you need like a O'Neill Cruz, like moonshot or anything like that, but maybe a little bit more than a, than a bloop single. Um, and when it comes to that first round pick, he, Ron Hextall said he would not like to move it. I believe him because when you look at, you know, their prospect, depth and everything like they kind of need to because otherwise like again kind of going back to the Steelers I think that they've done a decent job of kind of quietly going through a rebuild and now you're kind of on the other side of it you have a young team Ben was kind of that last um, guy holding on and now you have your young quarterback now you're on the other side of it without ever really falling all the way off the Penguins need to be careful because if they mortgage all of it then they're going to go through a true rebuild where Sid's not around anymore, Gino's not around anymore, and then you don't have, you haven't built the TJ Watts and the Mika Fitzpatrick, like you haven't gotten all those guys to kind of carry moving forward so that you don't have that really bottoming out that the Penguins suffered through for a few years in the early 2000s. I love the mixing of sports analogies that you're uh, you're on the same wavelength with me here, Wes. And I'm glad you brought up, t- that, like I've been mentioning the Tom Brady analogy for a long time now. Sidney Crosby strikes me as a guy who, if his body allows him to, will play until he, and his skills allow him to, will play until he's 45. So I think that that brings up an interesting question about the rebuild that we you were just talking about. You know, is, is it even farther away maybe than we think it is? Like if Chris Letang, and we know how physically what great shape he's in. If Chris Letang can play until he's, I don't know, 42 and Gino, I don't know, plays till he's 40 and Sid till he's God, 42, 43. I mean, this rebuild may still be uh, half a decade away at this rate. Is that, is it realistic? Is does that give Ron Hextall hope that maybe he has more time to build up this system than we may have originally thought? Maybe. Um, I do think that it's true that, you know, at least some of those guys might play until they're 40 ish. Mm-hmm. Um, but you don't necessarily know how they'll play at that point. Right. I think that Sidney Crosby's always going to be a good hockey player. Um, unless he's 76, then maybe, <laughs> maybe he's not that good. <laughs> but if he's 40 years old, he's probably going to be a pretty good hockey player. Uh, is he still a point per game guy? I don't know at that point because it's at, at a certain point, um, you're not going to be able to keep up. Maybe your hands, you lose them just a little bit, mm-hmm. but he's still going to be a guy that maybe gets you 65, 70, something like that. But is that enough to carry a team into the postseason that otherwise probably wouldn't get there? Probably not. You need the other pieces around him to be complimentary. Um, same thing with the Chris Letang. Uh, I think that Evgeny Malkin, when he says, you know, I think what at the end of last year was three or four, more years, mm-hmm. something like that. I think that he's probably telling 
the truth. So yeah. probably around 39, he's that's probably about what it's going to be for him. Um, Sid, I think it's going to be really interesting because he said basically that he wants to at least play throughout the remainder of his contract. Um, I think that that's just that's him being realistic because you don't yeah. know what's going to happen. But as long as he still feels good uh, and he's still you know confident in his game, I just don't see him walking away until he's truly, truly ready because this is what he loves to do. He is all about it. He is so soaked into hockey. Um, but it's one of those things where will at, at the end of his career, will you see basically what Mario kind of had to deal with at the end of his career? And I think that's a realistic possibility too. Wes Crosby of NHL.com. Before I let you run, Wes, um, I don't know how much you talk to your NHL.com brethren around the league, uh, and I don't know how much information is 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 sort of sifting its way around the league in regards to this or not, but we mentioned the Capitals earlier, so I'm just curious, what what is the scuttlebutt in NHL circles about what the deal with Alexander Ovechkin is? No one wants to pry into personal business, certainly, but given uh, how much criticism he's taken for, I hesitate to call them political views. I guess they're not political views, but everything that's gone on in Russia, right? Uh, Ovechkin's taken a lot of heat for his response to that. Um, I think the first thing that people think when they hear that Alex Ovechkin is going to be away for uh, the foreseeable future is, oh my God, is something going on back home with family? Um, Is is there any scuttlebutt at all, whether it's a health issue? Again, you you don't want to pry into personal lives too much, but the Caps could be in a tough spot if they're without Ovechkin down the stretch here. Yeah, and I just uh, I checked on my phone just to make sure that I get this accurate before saying it. Uh, the Capitals about an hour ago did tweet out that uh, sad, sad news that Alexander Ovechkin's father had passed. Okay. Um, so it's a similar situation to what Chris Letang recently had to go through. Uh, obviously, all you know, um, condolences to to Alex Ovechkin and his Mm -hmm. family. And I luckily have never had to deal with that sort of loss. Um, So I can only imagine what it would be like. So I'm sure that the Capitals will give him all the time that he needs to grieve um, thoroughly and and appropriately. Um, We'll see when he comes back. I was in the Penguins locker room when Chris Letang came back um, and I saw how, how heavy that was. It was heavy. Um, and so hopefully he's able to come back and, and, you know, be as, as great as he, as he was before. Hopefully this doesn't weigh on him too much. Obviously this is a Pittsburgh hockey podcast and people, you know, uh, won't be happy, uh, about saying good things about Alex Ovechkin, but he, he's one of the greatest players of all time. I think the greatest goal scorer of all time. Um, and I think that in, in this moment we can all kind of come together and be like, Hey, you know. I, I just hope that that him and his family get through this well. Yeah, I think we can be human, even when it comes to yeah. a rival like Ovechkin and the Caps. Absolutely. Wes, great stuff today. Thanks so much for taking the time. I really do appreciate it. We'll hope to check in with you again throughout the stretch run. And once we get going into hopefully what is more than just six or seven playoff games this spring. <laughs> and uh, thanks again for the time. Really appreciate it. Yeah, anytime, Chris. Thanks for having me. Again, at other NHL Crosby. That's Wes's handle on Twitter. He does a great job covering the pens for NHL.com. And as we talked about, they're going to have a lot of opportunities because of the game's in hand to create some distance, perhaps, between not just themselves and the Capitals, you know, depending on how long they're without Alex Ovechkin, uh, but between themselves and starting on Friday, the Islanders, who are currently just on the edge of the playoff bubble. Uh, they've got big games coming up in the Metro Division. One on Saturday on the second half of a back-to-back against Jersey, who 
you know, probably too much distance between the Pens and the Devils for them to chase Jersey down at this point. But those three against the Rangers during the one week stretch in the middle of March, opportunities are still there to maybe scratch and fight and claw their way out of a wild card spot so that they aren't stuck. As I talked about earlier with Eric Tangrady uh, playing Carolina or Boston in the first round. Ideally, you'd like to get a better, maybe even Metro Division matchup in the first round. So thanks to Wes again. Look, one of the coolest Twitter accounts out there, if you're a hockey fan, is HockeyViz.com. Micah Blake McCurdy does a great job of taking all of the, I'm doing air quotes with my fingers now, advanced metrics and turning them into data visualizations that make you go, oh, okay, now I see how that player is playing or that team is playing. We talk to Michael Blake McCurdy of HockeyViz.com next here on Fifth Avenue Faceoff.